and welcome to the Extraordinary Moms podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, is that no two moms parent in the same way. We should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Good morning, everybody. This episode is just a couple days delayed because it's just one of those weeks, but I'm so excited to bring to you Marjorie Margulies. She is an incredible mother who's raised 11 kids, both biological children as well as children she's adopted, and we talk a lot about that. She worked for NBC for 25 years. She's written five books. She became a congresswoman during it all, and she's Chelsea Clinton's (laughs) mother-in-law. So we have a fantastic interview and chat about motherhood, about adoption, about being the first American single parent to adopt internationally. It is a fascinating conversation, and I'm so excited for you to meet Marjorie today. So let's get to my conversation with the amazing Marjorie Margulies. All right, I'm so honored to be chatting with Marjorie Margulies today. Hi, Marjorie. How are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. How are you? Where am I speaking to you from today? I'm... I, I'm right outside of Philadelphia. I, I actually teach at Penn. That's right. And so I'm in the, the suburbs, uh, actually very near where I represented. I was a member of Congress, and this was the area that I represented. Well, Marjorie, I'm so honored to be chatting with you today. You have a long legacy of public service as well as of motherhood. So will you give a little background on yourself and your very large family? Sure. Sure. Uh, Many years ago, I was a reporter. I started here in Philadelphia, and I did a series of stories on hard-to-place kids and thought, hmm, I could do that. But I was in my mid-20s, and um, it was interestingly at a time, and it it was correct, it was at a time when they were placing hard-to-place kids. Um, I knew that I couldn't take a handicapped child because I had to work, but an older child would be, okay, okay. but they were only placing kids in African-American homes and certainly not in single homes, single white homes. And I thought, oh, wow, that's interesting. And it's gone through peaks and troughs. It's changed. It's, you know, but I thought, but planted in my head was this idea. And I was doing series, sometimes on the weekends, I was given these fun stories of uh, Korean kids who had been adopted by folks in this area and they would have picnics. And I would, I did one or two. I I mean, I was not obsessed by it or anything like that. And I thought, wow, that would be interesting. And I contacted the people, they were from Eugene, Oregon, Holt Adoption. And they had never dealt with anybody like me at all. Mm -hmm. Um, A single person, they were fundamentalists. I'm not, I'm Jewish. and it, they just hadn't. So I, I decided, well, wouldn't it be interesting to get all my papers together? And uh, you will understand this as somebody who likes stories. Um, and I went to uh, I went to Korea and I took my own I, I took my own video. I took my own camera and I did a follow up story that where do these kids come from? You know, how do they get there? And I had everything in place. And as I was getting re- literally getting ready to leave, uh, the head of the orphanage 
called and said, we've picked a little girl for you. Um, and I said, yikes, here I was in Korea delivering. Um, anyway, and so my first child, who was seven years old, uh, was Ho Ti, well, she was, her, her name was Lee Hae Ki Young, or I, I named her Lee Hae. And um, she was great. She was amazing. I, I had to bring her in as a student. And um, she has just been incredible. She now has three grown kids, two of whom have graduated from college, which is what I was saying to you before we started. It happens very quickly. <laughs> um, and then, then I did a then I did a series. I I, had, I switched networks, and I did a series because I was I had always been interested in this kind of stuff. Uh, I did a series in Vietnam on. Mm -hmm. Uh, on the war. No, I mean, I, I went as a correspondent, but I also asked them if I could do some stuff on the orphanages. And just coincidentally, as I was walking down the street, I bumped into the Holt people. The mm -hmm. Holt people were setting up an orphanage in Korea. And I said, oh, I would love to do this again. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, let us, let us pick. You know, you can't. It's so difficult. I, I, I really was. Okay. Okay, you guys, all of you, right this way. <laughs> um, but, uh, so th they picked a little girl for me whose name was Hope T. She was six years old, um, half Vietnamese, half American. Uh, I tell the story in the book. So if you want to see her extraordinary face, you can see her face. She's gorgeous. Um, I mean, just exquisite and beyond naughty, but she was a pickpocket and she smoked and she was just, she was really challenging. Um, and, I, I mean, honestly, Holly was, people would say she should be a stand-up comedian. She was so funny. Uh -huh. But it was part of her uh, her existence. It, it was part of her her, uh, her willing to live and her willing to, to uh, make things work. She went to Penn. Uh, she's my kid who called and said, I'm supposed to get married or pregnant first. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What does one say? I said, you know, sweetie, is he a member of the same species? Yeah. Um, and she, she has, two, she had two boys. She died, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, she has two boys who are adorable. One is in college. One is re re getting ready to go. Um, and then I met somebody. I interviewed somebody who was a member of Congress and married him. <laughs> he had four girls. So we had six girls when we got married. And, um, and then we had two boys. <laughs> and then... Um, something we had always taken in refugee families and in Washington when we were there. And um, it was such an experience. It, it was mother, father, usually a couple of kids. And it was sometimes six months, sometimes it was a year, two years. We moved back to this area and we, we got a call from Lutheran Family Services. They said, we have a, a woman and a little boy who's four years old. And we said, Sure. And within the year, they called and they said, he, he has two cousins. Would you take the cousins? They were teenagers. And we said, okay. <laughs> and then within several years, they found his father, who was in an education camp. And this family lived with us for 25 years. And let me tell you, the, the, the little boy, the four-year-old, whose name is Vu, um, and if you read the book and it's not required reading, uh, <laughs> that's where it starts. Because Vu is, now he's a anesthesiologist he has three kids two of whom I was so I was so much fun two of whom last month actually played at Carnegie Hall um, uh, but he is just a doll and he starts Hillary as in Hillary 
Clinton, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, did the forward for the book. And it, and then it flows into Vu's first question. And the question that Vu asked as we were on vacation one year, what would have happened to me had my folder been on a different desk that day? And that's what our family is like. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of this random group of people who redefine, I think, what What's a family? Who knows? And that's what Vu says. Vu says, you know, I found this family. He is an only child and he has 10 brothers and sisters. And it's really, it's really an extraordinary. Now, it has not always worked out. Sometimes it really, I mean, the peaks and troughs of this kind of crazy family is, are very apparent, but it's, but all the kids say the same thing. You can drop me any place and I'll get along. You learn by doing, right? And I think what deters so many of us from taking that next step is not knowing where something's going or how something's going to play out. And that appeared not to be a large fear or at least a fear that held you back. Was that ever something that where you're like, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's fine? Or kind of what was your, how, how did you reconcile that? <laughs> like, I'm just going to have these, you know, five people move in for 25 years. Like, I didn't know it was going to be 25 years at the time, maybe like five months, but here we are 25 years later. Well, right? and, my, and my parents, who were amazing, mm. thought I was certifiable. Okay. Um, first time I went to them, they said, are you kidding me? You know, um, and then Lee came and of course, it just, it, they were so smitten with, with her. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't know. I, th- I think I just did it. Mm. I, I don't think I, I, I just, I didn't think that I, I, I didn't overthink it. Mm. Uh, there are times, I guess, that I should have. But I, I got so much out of it. It was extraordinary. Mm. And it wasn't always easy. Mm. We were pretty lucky that the kids were, all of them actually, were pretty academic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and they've done very well. Uh, mm. But your the question is you're absolutely. I mean that's the question. You know what what was it that made you? What are you say yes? Nuts? Yes. How, yeah. how do you say yes when it's scary? Yeah, and 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 some, honestly, sometimes it just didn't work. It just didn't work. And uh, but in the in the end, when we look back, it, it was kind of a funny ride. I, I, you you may know, and I'm sure you. you if you've looked at the book, is it, this is required reading. Have you read it? Absolutely. It's on every must read list now. <laughs> well, I mean, it woven in that following up with Vu's story is that my, his brother, Mark mm-hmm. married Chelsea Clinton. And, and he said, you know, he starts out the thing saying, who would have thought, I mean, this is, he was, he was a refugee in Malaysia swimming ashore. His mother, his mother, would not swim with him without a tire because they didn't know how to swim. There was, she had a niece with her who also had a child and that child drowned. And so Vu, it says, here I am, you know, after all of these years, and he's very humble. I mean, there's no kind of arrogance there at all. I'm toasting my brother who's marrying Chelsea Clinton. What? Right, right. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Uh, so yeah, and and they're all they're all very they're all very nice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what I've learned a lot from talking to mothers who have adopted is that sometimes there's this misconception or this narrative that 
you know, the white family comes in as the savior to these kids and they put them on this new path and they kind of save them out of their circumstances. And, and in some ways, yes, they are provided new opportunities that they would not have had. They're in a new place with new resources, with su the proper support, you know, all of these things. But how do you kind of explain that when that's kind of the narrative that we're trying to debunk that it, it it's just, they're your child now. And this is just a different way to build a family. And that's what you are, is a family. Also, it's, it's. I mean, if people feel that way, um, it's their problem. Mm -hmm. they're putting it, the fact of the matter is, once these families, once these kids, once these people get over the hump mm -hmm. and figure out where their bliss is, what they want to do, they usually are able to do it. And with just a little bit of help. I mean, I can't remember... With Vu, I, I would say to him, Vu, do you want me to help you fill out your college application? And he said, no, no, I can do it myself. <laughs> Not one of my other children said that. I mean, I, I, they said I would always be sitting there kind of trying. No, I think I can do it myself. Hmm. Just there's this extraordinary kind of series of, of tales um, that, uh, that my kids shared with me and with, oh, my gosh. Vu's story is really interesting. He applied to medical school and went to Penn, did very well on all the, the exams and everything, and didn't get in hmm. uh, and was on everybody's wait list. Hmm. But Vu is Vu. He, he went to uh, the, the admissions office at Jeff at least once a week and befriended the secretary. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, they were just friends. You know, and a kid dropped out, decided he was going to go to business school as opposed to medical school, a very smart child. Um, and and the, the, the secretary said to the admissions, uh, you know, the, the, she said, we've got to get, we've got to give this to Vu. We must give this to Vu. Um, and so he came home and we, we had this, as you can imagine, we had this big, big house and and he said, I'm not going to go to medical school next year. Uh, I said, why? After all this years, he said, because I'm going to go on Monday. Um, and I thought, and he had all this huge thing of flowers for me. And, and <laughs> he said, and then he told me the story that this kid had dropped out on Friday and they called Vu. But it's such a typical Vu story. Hmm. I mean, he's just, he is so, and, and funny. I mean, you know, his, his, he would come to me and he would say, my mom wants me to be a priest. I think I'm supposed to be bar mitzvahed. Uh, I mean, he just, he was so, so funny. Um, and, he, and he loved the political stuff. He was always out there with, you know, handing out any kind of literature. And, and if believe me, if you're confronted by food, you believe him. <laughs> He's yes. so darling. That is amazing. And that determination sticks with you. And I think... Yeah, perhaps he didn't take just opportunities for granted, like a lot of us do sometimes. And we just kind of sit back and expect things to come to us. But that proactivity, no doubt, got him to where he is. And that's just that's just amazing. Yeah, he's, he's great. So he's great. You've, you've been an adoptive mom, a biological mom, a step mom. Tell me what you've learned from being all those different facets of types of, of motherhood. How does it differ? How has it changed your perspective on motherhood as a whole? I don't know. I think, I, I think I'm a, I'm a bit flexible. 
and it just it tested my flexibility <laughs> it definitely tested tested my uh, reserve and my resilience you know it just so much uh so much can happen and we spent I, mean, I would get a call from the emergency room at the hospital and, and uh, they would say, your son is here. Um, and I, I would say, could you ask him his name? Um, and, uh, and, and, and he's, I, I would hear this little kid say, it's Mark, mom. Uh, I said, oh, sweetie, how are you? He, he said, well, <laughs> I told you I didn't feel well. And the nurse would say, well, he's projectile vomiting. Um, and, and I, I said, oh, I'm so sorry because when our kids would say they didn't feel well, um, it was a, no, come on, you're going to, you, yeah. you'll be okay. You know, it was one of those, um, because they were pretty hardy kids and that <laughs> didn't happen very often, uh-huh. but, um, there was, a, there was a lot of, a lot of helping one another a lot. Uh, when, when my first bio kid came, Lee Hay first adopted child from, Korea was 14 Mm. and so she to this day I mean they talk all the time they live right around the corner from each other in New York um they're just so so close Mm. so yeah it's yeah it's been it's been it's been an adventure and when you see them all together you think oh my gosh that yikes this never would have happened had I not been rolling, you know, willing to roll the dice. Um, I I honestly don't think of that. But I mean, when I started to write the book, and how are the children? (laughs) Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about that. Uh, When I started to write the book, the book is entitled on how are the children because the Maasai Warriors, Women's Campaign International, which is this organization that I started after the Fourth World Conference, because I was the head of our delegation for the Fourth World Conference. I started an organization called Women's Campaign International, and I'm gonna, I want you to be a part of it. Um, you will love it. I mean, I just, I, I know you have plenty of time. Wow, um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's an organization that empowers women. We travel around, we've been in 50 different countries, and. We work with women, we work with, we work to get women elected political. Yeah, we've doubled the number of women in in, in, uh, in, in parliament in Malawi. I, mean, I tell you the story because one of the women married married the, the president, Kalista Chumumbu Wamudadika. Oh she goodness. married the president. She married the president. So we had a first ladies organization. Oh my gosh. I mean, no, it, it is an oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, but... We, we came to a screeching halt with COVID. Um, so now we're, now we're building up again mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's, it's wonderful. We, but we do programs all over the world and <laughs> I forgot where I started, but I didn't know. And one of the groups we worked with was the Maasai warriors. Mm-hmm. The Maasai warriors do not say, how are you? They say, and how are the children? And that's how, that's mm-hmm. how uh, the title of the book happened. And um, and I just love that, and 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 it is what it's all about, you know. What what, what can you hope for more that your children will be okay? Hey everyone, I wanted to jump in and thank a show sponsor, and that is Docatot. You've probably seen Docatots by now, but they are trusted experts in baby comfort and safety. They're a premium brand that are great for all things baby, but they're best known for their versatile baby dock. And I use one with my fourth son Cooper, and. 
it was an absolute game changer because they're lightweight, portable, they have advanced padding around the edges so there's no rolling over or things like that and you can put it on the floor or in their bassinet. They work so fantastic to give the baby just kind of the cushion and comfort that they need. They're the number one newborn must have and I just gave one to one of my friends in fact. For all my nursing moms out there as well, the traditional nursing pillows are short-lived, not portable, and definitely not attractive. And that is why the Lamaman wedge that Docatot has invented is so fantastic. Your home should be a reflection of your style and Docatot won't make you sacrifice style for safety. So between their bedding, between their nursing pillow, they are so fantastic and their prints are just to die for. Your baby deserves the absolute best and you do too, mama. And my listeners will get the best deal they have to offer. They want to offer you 15% off at Docatot, plus free shipping with the promo code EEP. So you can go to docatot.com slash EEP and get 15% off plus free shipping, which is so, so nice. So that's docatot.com and use code EEP for 15% off and free shipping. Thank you so much to Docatot for sponsoring the show. Now let's get back to it with Marjorie. I mean, obviously having 11 children, your identity of mother is very much prevalent and strong, but also you're a congresswoman, you are a journalist. I mean, you've been in politics for a long, long time now, and now you're heading these organizations, which is so incredible. Tell me about identity. Has there ever been a time where you have struggled with your identity and the hats that you're wearing? And for any mothers listening who are struggling with, what do I do next? Or maybe their identity is shifting with or without their choice. Tell me about how that has evolved for you over time. Well, I think you can't let that take over. Mm. I think you have to just decide that you're going to do what, we're going to, what you're going to do and try to do it as as best as you can. Because, I mean, I've had, I have uh, one one chapter, and this is naughty, and, you, and no one in no one in your listening audience says naughty words, correct? Of course not. Nope, never. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll, I'll put a blank in. Okay. But, but the chapter is you learn from the tough times, mm. you learn from the disappointments, you learn from the rejections, you learn from the losses. And I am, and there's where the, and I am friggin' learned. Yeah. Um, I've just learned a lot. And I think that that's where you play, place it. And you can't put it in as a negative. Mm. You've got to put it in as a neutral. And I think that that's where I come from. You know, you, you mm-hmm. try your best. It often doesn't work, uh, and and you move on. Mm. Uh, you know, I I one of my <laughs> one of my favorite little sayings is you know walk it off, mm. walk it off. Um, I I do a, a lot of although I can't now because I have this silly um, I this silly injury. I just got yesterday. I just got a call from um, a group of people, former members. Who are going, and I've done it before. I did it six months ago. Are going to Sudan, mm-hmm. and I come. Uh, hopefully, I'm, I'm just the only woman on the delegation. There were ten of us, but I, if I've ever, if I'm ever invited on those things, I go because I want to figure out how the women mm-hmm. are holding things together. And women are just extraordinary. What does it mean? It means that they, they wear all these hats and we will go into a village and it's very clear that 
uh, this is over the many years, our organization started in 1998, we'll go into a village and it's very, very clear that, um, that the women, some of the women in this village spend five, six, seven hours a day just getting clean water. What can we do as a group and as some, we partner and everything like that, drill a well. So that's what we've done. I mean, it's not, these are not huge things. But it means you give to this village thousands of hours. Mm. Um, you know, and we do a lot of financial literacy. We do a lot of economic uh, health care literacy. And it, our women, well, we learn so much from them. Oh, my goodness. And we don't go in arrogantly. That's the first, that's my first sentence all the time. Right. Do not go in as as if you think that what you have works. Right. Uh, or, you know, you've gotten a lot of women elected. Ha, ha. Um, so, and we, we, we always talk about this because it's one of my things, you know, we always say, I'm sorry, always, 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 I'm sorry, or perhaps this has been said before, or, um, maybe this isn't the right time for this. Hmm. What does that do? It, it marginalizes the next sentence. Hmm. It marginalizes what you're about to say. We all do it. But we do it at like 80% more than men. Um, so mm. it, this is what we do as a group at, at, at training. Mm. Um, you know, we, we did, when, when everything closed down, we did a training in Sudan. No, it wasn't Sudan. It was Somalia. Um, we did a training and uh, we, because kids weren't out of school and they were getting pregnant, mm. young girls were getting pregnant. And... I was listening to the exchanges and everything like that. They did not know what consent was. Hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's our listening to these conversations around the world and, and learning, I mean, really learning. Um, so yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it just shows that, that your private life and your motherhood has really informed your ability to be able to serve those, those mothers and those families around the world. And when you, adopt for the very first time as the first single white American woman to adopt internationally and to step into that and, and not view that as a, I'm coming to the rescue. It's exactly what you just said. Now you can walk into these other rooms and these other countries and these other situations where it's not like, here I am, like, I'm ready to help. I'm ready to save you. No, 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 no. If you're ready to I'll listen, say, you're I'll ready to listen. Yeah, yes. Right. You're ready to listen. And I think when we can realize we're never done learning we're never done learning and just because the solution worked in the past doesn't mean it's going to work in the future and you probably know that better than anybody raising 11 kids that are all very different and it's like well this is how i potty trained one how come this isn't working for another or this right. is how i dealt right. with the teenage years with this child but this one is totally different it is yeah yeah no no question about it yeah and that, i mean that difference can be obviously frustrating but fun and exciting and and the uh, and when you have that many kids around they mm -hmm. are that they are saying you know essentially I mean, especially with the little ones we're not going to spoil these kids and it's so easy to do that with right. you know if you have cute little yes. boys um as you know yes yes <laughs> um no we we, we just we and and as and let me say again it doesn't work all the time it really mm -hmm. doesn't i mean you know, holly a mom calling from the police station mm -hmm. oh sweetie hi <laughs> love you mom uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah right 
Right. And so how do you, when you hit that roadblock, when you are up at night worrying about that child, whatever child it was at any given time, how do you keep the hope that it will all be okay? How do you not trying to solve it? How do you let the time play out so that things can just unfold as they will? It's a continuum. Mm. Um, you know, and you kind of, uh, I try to say, well, it's, ooh, wow, I remember this a couple of years ago. And, and we lived through it. And, you know, so, some of it you don't live through. I mean, some mm. of it is just when Holly came down with uh, with cancer, and um, uh, cervical cancer. I mean, you just, it, it's, it, it's an impossible thing to live through. Losing a child is in a category of its own right. It's just so awful, awful, awful. Um, so we, I made sure I thought that that we went through it together, uh, which was obviously, and we all grieved in a different way. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I can remember when we would go away for for an, on a vacation with all the kids. They always wanted to be with Holly because she was so gross mm. and so hilarious. I mean, she, oh my gosh! I mean, I would walk by their room, and the three littlest boys would be just rolling over because Holly was funny and naughty. Uh, I mean, that was her survival. Con- uh, um, that's how she did it. Yeah. That was, that, that was how she, she was, it was quite amazing. So we, we, um, in the book and how are the children? <laughs> One last plug. And how are the children? Yes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, to, but in the book, um, the kids all say that, yeah. uh, especially Vu, because they would always try and figure out how they could get to where they could make other people smile. Um, and they would, they would always turn to Holly. Mm. And, and then they would have to filter it because she was so gross. But um, she was terrific. I mean, she was really yeah. wild. Well, and it just shows you that the different personalities and the different paths, people can be quite different from us. And we can learn so much and appreciate them so much and they can add so much life and vibrancy and value and hopefully a lot of the kids were like oh i saw holly you know end up in in uh, calling mom from from the police station like i'm gonna avoid that right and so we can learn from one another as well and and it's all and it only happened i mean and holly was and holly (laughs) scared the cheese out of her yeah i mean it really did but still we knew uh, yeah and, and my husband was um was running for attorney general at the time. This is not a good one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, this, this was not a good one. But we, we got together and we said, okay, the, this is the message. Mm. <laughs> this is the message. You know, we're like everybody else. Mm. Some of our kids get in trouble, you know. Yeah. And she was, she never got in trouble again. She was put on probation and she didn't, and then it was removed because she was young. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, it was, and, and, and my my rule, which believe me, I mean, I hate it. My rule was is just you let your kids know that you trust them, mm-hmm. and, and and yeah, yes, you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will forget them, and so will we. But I trust you to make mm-hmm. them. And, and that you know, woven in that is that is that is that fabulous, well developed sense of guilt yeah. that you can that that you can plant. <laughs> Hey everyone, I wanted to jump in one last time and thank another show sponsor, and that is Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition made with the highest quality ingredients. 
There's so much junk in the things that are being marketed as healthy for us on the grocery store shelves, but each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses of ingredients that are organic, free of fillers, and contain less than three grams of sugar per serving. Like the Organifi green juice, it has essential superfoods and a clinical dose of ashwagandha, helps reduce stress, support healthy cortisol levels, all good things. They also have an Organifi Red Juice, which is a superfood punch that increases energy without the caffeine, and there's only two grams of sugar. They're easy to use. You just mix them into water or your favorite beverage, and off you go. You can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank for less than $3 a day. Start by going to Organifi.com EEP and use code EEP for 20% off your order. That's Organifi.com slash EEP and use code EEP for 20% off any item. Thanks Organifi for sponsoring the show. Now let's finish up with Marjorie. One more question about the world of politics. So many times when when people think of politics, they want to stay away from it because they think it's just like black and white and you have to just pick a lane and then there's no evolution. Have you been able to be in that world of politics and have your convictions, but then also be able to continue learning like we've been talking about and evolving and expanding what you think about things and and how you approach life? That's that's such a good question because I think politics now is is in a category that I – hate and that is mm. it that is it's mean mm. and it's exactly what i don't want my kids to be if there's an area that i want to say look i i want i want people to be kind i'm looking for the sane center i'm looking for the moderate middle mm. uh, and and i and and what's going on now is this kind of not with everybody because some some of the members of congress are terrific really terrific and brilliant but i but the meanness just drives me crazy. And it's this power grab. I'm going to stay there. What's the important thing? That I keep my seat. Baloney. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I really, really dislike the, I, I hate the verbiage. I, you know, what, calling people, um, making fun of people or, you know, calling them nasty names and the crowd laughs and everything like that. It, it's just what it, what it does. And this is, as a parent, what it does is it passes on to your children that in some place that that's right. Mm. And I'm yeah. always saying to my kids, it's in no place is that right. In no place is it okay to be nasty. And I just, it drives me crazy. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't that's a good know. I, I, I think, I, I think sharing, uh, sharing kindness, sh- sharing the goodwill, making sure that people understand that um, that the next generation has to understand it and be not only kind but respect the environment, which is something that you know. If you look at a list of things that people care about, the environment is not high up enough on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I can, I, I my soapbox is <laughs> pretty. It's pretty wide, but I just, I want my kids to see us as people who, when we were in politics, respected the right things. Mm. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And sometimes you get it right and sometimes you get it wrong and being willing to own that and be able to respectfully and yeah, with diplomacy, like, yeah, correct, correct those things. Yeah. It's modeling. I had in the book. Um, I, um, 
I, I ran as a, you may, you may think I'm a Democrat. Well, I am. <laughs> um, I, uh, I ran as a Democrat in a Republican district in right outside of Philadelphia, Montgomery County. And it, it honestly was because they couldn't, they didn't want the, the spot to be empty on the, on the ballot, but it had always been a Republican district period, end of sentence. And, um, turned out that uh, the the guy had had, who had had the seat very nice guy um for 22 years stepped down hmm. and so it so it became an open seat you know trivial point uh, i'll give you some other trivia uh, <laughs> but trivial point uh, women run as well mm-hmm. most people run but women run especially well if it's an open seat hmm. that's it's, it's peaks and troughs but yeah so but I, I had already entered my name, and I had to give up a really good job, which was tough. And uh, I, I put my name in the hat. The other guy, the member of Congress, stepped down. I don't think I had anything to do with it. But it was a Republican seat. Okay. And and I, it, I, I went into election night only with a concession speech. There was no <laughs> way that I was going to win the thing. Okay. Um, and, you know, we had this interesting story with all the kids, and it, it turned out to be the year of the woman, 1992. Um, so, so it, it, I won, but by like uh, 1,036 votes or something ridiculous. Wow. So yeah, tiny, tiny. And, um, and I went in with, with President Clinton, and he, he, the, his big omnibus spending bill um, looked like it was going to go down because in the house if you're a tie that's 217 217 the bill goes down okay. he needed one more vote and as i walked into the house um bill called um and uh and i said to him look i know how important he would have been a one-term president without this omnibus spending bill um and i said to him look i if it's a tie, I won't let it go down, but I'm not voting for it. I mean, I think it has to pass. I think you need more. It, you, we need to look at entitlements. We, the cuts have to be deeper. I went through, through this whole thing, mm-hmm. never thinking. There had it's only been down two votes like that in history. Um, and I stood on the floor of the house thinking, come on, guys, are you kidding me? You know, chairs of committees were voting against it. But they were also afraid of losing their seats. So I voted for it, knowing, you know, the Republicans are saying, bye-bye, Marjorie. <laughs> um, some were jumping up and down. They were good jumpers. They were, you know, um, they were right. <laughs> and uh, and it was quite the moment. I mean, I obviously, one of those things that I, I, I will never forget. But but it's it, it, it's back to what I was saying before about um, you, you got to do what you think is right. I hate to sound that way. Do yeah. what you think is right and, and, and stop you know, and, and stop looking for excuses not to do uh, the thing that's going to set us on a path that is, sa- you know, sound, moderate, middle, sane center. Mm. Yeah. And how ironic that years later, he would be your in-law, Bill Clinton. <laughs> you probably would have never thought, huh? Did you set them up? How, how did how did Mark and Chelsea meet? <laughs> at, the, at the wedding, I, uh, on the toast, I said when because I said, some of you may know that I had a tough vote when I was in Congress and everybody went, yeah, 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 we all know. <laughs> uh, and I said, and when the president said to me, what would it take? I said, you're first born. Thank you very much. And here we are. You're welcome. 
No, and that was so not true. That was so not true. This is what happened. Uh, Have you ever heard of Renaissance Weekend? No, I haven't. Renaissance Weekend is um, the the laters put it together many, many, many years ago when Bill was um, a governor. Mm. And and they and they've been there for years and years. And when then when he became president, it became and all it is is they have four of them. But I, the one over New Year's, you, you go there and you're on panels and there are lots of kids. It's a family thing. It's very nice. Hmm. It used to be in Hilton Head. Now it's in Charleston, nice. and it's it's a lovely gathering of you know families and amazing and the kids all are are, are on um are on panels and they get to meet each other and I, I so i've been going for years and years but it was only because of the vote um but the vote somebody called everybody wanted to go that year because bill was going and you know so all the members so, uh, so many members of congress you know and and supreme court justices everybody was calling them saying we'd like to go the president's going to be there and basically they were turned down somebody called and said you know marjorie cast this vote and and her race looks pathetic it was um can you should can you have her there as a guest anyway so i brought nine of the kids oh my and, gosh and and that was in 93 and that's when mark and chelsea met and they oh. absolutely just became best friends period they oh. you know they they just became best friends and well. but many 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 years later they started to date Wow, isn't that so amazing? And it's just another example of you just never know how things will unfold. Ever. You just, you just I know, isn't that funny? It's yeah. so amazing. And now you have, how many grandkids do you have now? 21. 21 grandkids. My parents say being a grandparent is like the best thing ever. Like being a parent's great while you have it, but uh, then being a grandparent is like the best. <laughs> oh, Mark and Chelsea have a, the, their littlest boy who, um, whose name is Jasper. Uh-huh. I mean, I... I will see him, and he'll go, <laughs> I mean, I just think, oh, my gosh. He, he has this huge, I mean, it sucks all the air. He's two and a half. Oh. Um, it sucks all the air out of the room, and I'm thinking, could there be anything better? Yeah. I mean, it's just the sweetest, cute. You know, he takes my hand, he drags me into his room and says, look, and it's just the cutest thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's Pure just, joy. It's so much fun. Yeah. Pure joy. Well, Marjorie, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Where can people find your book and tell people all the things that they need to know to find you? Do you think that I'm interested in selling the book? I, I hope people will pick it up. It is fascinating. <laughs> it is fascinating. I love unconventional uh, motherhood journeys, and there's just so much we can learn from it. And so this is like the quintessential oh, yeah. book you. of that. And, I love and, it. Thanks so much. I, yes. I, it, selling these things is really is is really difficult. Yeah. But you know why? It, on on many levels, but so many people wrote books over the COVID. Sure. Again. Sure. So anyway, the book is called. Thanks for asking. The book is called "And How Are the Children." Um, the subtitle is "Timeless Lessons from the Front Lines of Motherhood." Mm. Um, and it just talks about adoption and and uh, homegrown kids and stepkids and sponsored kids, and uh, and as I said, Hillary wrote the forward and she's really a doll. That's wonderful. And and, and it, it's it, I think it's an easy read. Um, yeah. Because well, it's but, stories. It's just stories. Yeah. After story. Yeah. Yeah. She I, she said to me, "How do you think it? How do you think it came out? As you know, after she mm-hmm. read it, because we, there were all different kinds of rewrites." And I said, I don't think it's a disaster. And she said, that is not where you start the promotion. <laughs> I said, okay. Okay, She's, she really has a great sense of humor. Oh, 
okay. No, I think it's an okay book, and mm. I think I, 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 when I flip through it, or people will say, "Oh, I, I did," and I, I kind of forget because you, you, it takes so long to write one of these things. I said, "Oh my gosh, should I put that in there?" You know, it's just one of my, um, one of the stories <laughs> that my only the kid who who did it doesn't think it's. Uh, Mrs. Shu, who is who is uh, Vu's mom, knows that if you put some acid in gardenias, the gardenia plants will become huge, just oh. huge. Oh. Um, so every morning she had Andrew make a wee wee into the gardenia plants. No. So it, 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 I walked down this the, the the steps and I says I said we used to have this enormous place and I would see Andrew peeing into the gardenia plants and I would I mean I thought it was hilarious <laughs> until he would do it when we had guests and I I would say to him sweet you can't do that when other people are around oh okay okay oh. we had gardenias I mean seriously the size of uh, of mini plague there was a dish is oh. huge yeah <laughs> anyway that's what our household was like that, my parents of course and there's them. more stories like where that came from that is amazing well marjorie i always ask my guests just one final question and it's this what would you tell your pre-motherhood self kind of go with your gut follow the love make sure that the kids know that they should be reaching out for their bliss uh and that you trust them and that although there are times when you really are furious with them and everything, that, that there's no way that you will compromise the love and respect um, that you have for them. And that, you know, there's, uh, there, uh, as you know, well know, I mean, there, there's just nothing like it. There's the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's unconditional, undying love. I love it. Thank you, Marjorie, for taking the time for sharing your motherhood journey today. I hope everyone picks up the book and it is available anywhere you can find it. Would you give me a fave? Yeah. Would you please please put me on the list of of people who like to see family pictures? I want to see what your family looks like. I will send it over to you. I have four very cute boys. Very cute. Really? They're darling. Really, I bet. Yes. Yep. They're (laughs) darling. They're the best. Yeah, so I will send you a picture. You're so sweet. And I will say, like... We talked for 10 minutes before this even started, and I just really appreciate how invested you were in getting to know me. And I mean, it just helps the conversations go so well when it can feel like a real true motherhood conversation. And I just am grateful for you taking the time to share your story, but then also- It's such a lovely idea. Kind to me. It's yeah. such a lovely idea. Yeah. Well, Jessica, yeah. you're adorable. And and thank you very much for including me. Oh, well, thank you. Happy mo- belated Mother's Day and all the best to you. <laughs> I just want to thank Marjorie again for coming on the show. We had to reschedule because she had a fall and injured her arm. And I'm just so grateful that she took the time to come on Extraordinary Moms Podcast. What an extraordinary woman she is and just what a legacy she's leaving for her family. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at jessicadalquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.